Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Guess who's back? It's a big day for us here at the Rich Eisen Show. Excited. Yes. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'll tell you what, man. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. Coming up. Legendary broadcaster Al Michaels with 1980 Team USA goalie Jim Craig. Plus, your phone calls, poll results, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right. Way to jar it. Hour number three. three. three? They did not. Uh, Two out of three ain't bad, though, as Meatloaf Meatloaf. once said. Uh, 844-204-RICH number to dial. We'll take your calls uh, in a matter of moments. I I can't wait to show to you (laughs) what I did on Thursday, uh, which was to Zoom with Al Michaels and Jim Craig in advance of today's show, which is the 41st anniversary of the Miracle on Ice in Lake Placid, New York. We believe in miracles. Yes. Today. That's coming up in uh, in just a few minutes' time. It's a dynamite conversation. I will say this. Al Michaels, after it was over, uh, texted me, and I called him back. I mean, by the way, he's an occasional FaceTimer. It's phenomenal. And, um, <laughs> and, occasional FaceTimer. Occasional occasional face. he, he is a sneaky FaceTimer, Al Michaels. Like you don't know, it's just unexpected? It, it's, it's great. And do you believe in, does he believe in FaceTime? Yes. So uh, told me told me that he Jim Craig told stories he'd never heard, including one about Herb Brooks. Can't wait to show it to you. That's coming up. Please stay stay tuned. Stay put. It's very special. Um, Adam Schefter, in hour number one. Great conversation with him. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen show to catch everything. Or when it's all over here on Peacock, go right here. I'm pointing to the spot on the, the bar on your screen where um, our, our show lives, where you can watch it on demand and also see some of our favorite videos, including what we did in hour number two, uh, where I put some of my favorite movie lines on Twitter based on this meme that went around. And, uh, and uh, you guys enjoyed that. And tomorrow, I guess we just, we just started cultivating this caper to use a, uh, uh, that would be a good one, right? Cultivate. You can, I like well, I mean, cultivating caper. the caper, you use that line. That's more the Wigman from, uh, that's basically the preview of what Del Tufo is going to give tomorrow <laughs> yeah. because he's going to give me his, he's going to give his five movie lines from Goodfellas. Good good okay, casino, like all Ooh. mob movies. Mike. Well, it might be Could all. you imagine if they're all love movies, right? By the way, on a from side note. From fav- uh, my favorite line from Love Story. <laughs> on a side note, everybody needs to watch the De Palma, Brian De Palma doc that's on. Okay. TV right now. Very good. Right. Amazing. Uh, Susie and I watched the uh, Bee Gees documentary over there. Oh, I heard that's amazing. It's great. It's amazing. Uh, two oh, words. That's amazing. I, 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 I'll give you two words that you don't expect out of it. Spoiler alert. It's It, it does. I, I don't think I'm spoiling too much. Two words that you don't expect out of the Bee Gees documentary. Charlie Steiner. That's it. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, sir. Yeah. Like the Charlie Steiner? Charlie and Steiner. Yes. Like this Francis man, Scott off-key Charlie I, Steiner? That guy. Yes. Charlie is, you want to talk about sneaky, Charlie's everywhere in pop culture. Whoa. Yes. Charlie Steiner. Bee Gees documentary. One of those moments where you, Susie and I look at each other, 
What? Hold on. What? what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He what? comes in. And it's great. When it's over, I defy you to not want to put BG's music on and have it's a uh, dance a thon in your yeah, kitchen, which is what we did. The thing about it is you yes. forget that the BGs really existed before oh, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, oh my and gosh. Then and then like, afterwards, the, the music that they wrote. Yo, yeah. the Bee Gees career, like they were yeah. a boy band. And then they went off a little, and then the Saturday Night Fever boom came. Right. And then, like you said, they went on the right. And then just to, just to and just bring this full circle, because I do want to talk um, a little bit of uh, headlines from today uh, before we get to Jim Craig and Al Michaels. There is a moment in the Bee Gees documentary where things turn uh, in the Bee Gees career. And the scene in which it does turn about how disco becomes hated was the disco demolition night moment in oh, Comiskey yes. Park. Oh, yeah. Yes. And by the you remember way. remember they, they had that disco demolition yeah. night in between a, a, a doubleheader. There was DJ, a riot yeah. on the field. Yeah. DJ it's a big moment. Disco. It's a big moment in, the, in this documentary. Yeah, and I'm telling you, a lot of the stuff that went on this summer, like it really kind of ties in it with did. what yeah. the Bee Gees had to deal with yes. and the reason – People didn't like disco. No like, question. I, it's kind of it makes yeah, you that, go, wow. That blew Whoa. us away, too. Yeah. So, at any rate, uh, 844-204-RICH, yeah. uh, number to dial here on the show. Chris Brockman, let's get a hey. quick news update from you here on this uh, busy sure. Monday before Al Michaels and Jim Craig stroll down Miracle on Ice memory lane. And now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever, it's Chris Brockman. Hi, Christopher. What do you have over there? Hey. A couple quick hitters. How's it going, everybody? That is not the way you're supposed to start a newscast. <laughs> Why not? Makes you sound unprepared. But Tom Brokaw, I, I had to scroll down. Tom Brokaw <laughs> says, good, good evening. You know what I mean? When he, Lester Holt, hey, yeah, good evening. Here's the news. You don't start a newscast like you're Norm walking into cheers. Okay? <laughs> Afternoon, everybody. Like, that's not the way you start a newscast. <laughs> that kind of makes him a man of the people. So of it is like, Chris, like we should all hey. scream, Chris, hey. <laughs> Afternoon, everybody. All right. Uh, one of the quarterbacks, like. we talked to Adam Schefter about all the QBs that could be on the move. Sam Darnold, one of them. Uh, Ian Rappaport had this this morning. The Jets are planning to complete their evaluations of the top quarterbacks in the draft yes. before making any decisions yes. on Sam Darnold. Yes. This includes pro days and interviews. While they've received real interest in Darnold, they want to get the full QB picture yes. first. Can I interpret that headline? Of course. Today's headline interpreted. So your headline is, what is it again? The Jets are going to kick the tires on all the... Jets are going to fully evaluate yes. all QBs before making decision on Darnold. And here's, here's the, the, I guess, thing that I take out of it. The Jets are basically saying, we, can, we, we got stuff to do while we're waiting for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> we can fill the time. Between now and the draft, oh, we, we've got lots of work to do. We, we can wait this thing out. Houston. You're not taking our calls in the same way Deshaun's not taking yours? Okay. We've got stuff to do. we got tape to watch. We have things that we can do between now and then. <laughs> of course, what, what else are they going to do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What are they going to Yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make, we're going to move, we're going to make a big move for Zach Wilson right now and take ourselves out of Deshaun Watson running. Nah. Or we're just going to, you know, you know we're going we're gonna to do our due diligence and we're going to take a look at all these people before we take a look at Sam Darnold. And then we'll make our move. And this entire time, when they make their move for Deshaun Watson, if they don't get him, they're like, well, we were doing this the whole time. 
good moves. All of them. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah, we got time. Play Battleship? Yeah, we do that too? <laughs> yeah. We got time. All right, did you guys see this this morning? So we know Carson Wentz traded from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. We know Carson Wentz wore number 11 in yes. college at North Dakota State. Yes. Wore number 11 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Well, someone wears number 11 for the Colts right now. It's Michael Pittman, a rookie receiver from last year. Had a nice year from USC. Michael Pittman told TMZ, I am number 11. Yes. I don't think there's any deal that's going to be done. Okay. Now, that is the <laughs> soundbite that is somewhat salacious yes. right now. Sounds like it. Um, I, will, I watched this today. This is what I, I saw. This I actually hit TMZ <laughs> Sports and hit, the, hit, hit that carrot that means play. I actually watched the entirety of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he was very respectful. Right. And it was kind of a cool thing. He said, we're cool. Carson and I are cool. He yeah, said there that are Car- some he said he spoke- this. No, no. Right. He, he yeah. said he spoke to Carson Wentz, okay, and that Carson kind of like, you know, asked him about it. And then when, you know, Michael said, I'm kind of keen on number 11. Yeah, I'm, number I'm, 11. I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing. I'm keen on number 11. He said that Carson then backed off and said, it's okay. I was thinking of changing anyway. Oh, well, okay. Which is, which is, you know, an interesting way of putting it. And, 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 and you know, so why ask if you're <laughs> not interested? Oh, okay, so that means he's kind of interested, but oh, I'll back off. I don't want to make this a big right. thing, even though you are definitely not going to cough up number eleven. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, if I'm number eleven and I'm the guy, like, why would I give up my number for this guy, right, or for any person, sure. right? Unless <clears throat> you're say Chris Godwin and you were in twelve and Tom Brady shows up. Oh, what did he do? What did he do? Gave it up. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. So I will just spit truth. I spit truth here. Hot fire. You know, Blake Shelton jingles just don't come out of thin air. Wow. You got to earn them. Wow. You got to earn them. Wow. For be a wisen. <laughs> when it comes to football, it sure is a wisen. Sing it, Blake. Preach. Preach. Mm-hmm. Rich Eisen. Blake Shelton, everybody. Blake Shelton. Clap for Blake! Okay. <laughs> what up, Blake? They don't just come out of thin. What I will up, spit truth. Not a shot. If Aaron Rodgers showed up, that Michael Pitton wouldn't cough up the number for Aaron Rodgers. Not a shot. Of course. He just doesn't. What is this guy? This guy craps out of Philadelphia. He wants my number. <laughs> There's no other way to inter- I'm sorry. But here's the other I'm thing. I'm sorry. There's no, uh, no, TJ, I don't think there is another thing, even though you might have a, a you know, thing to say. <laughs> but uh, honestly, honestly, Philip Rivers, if Philip Rivers showed up last year and wore number 11, come on now. Come on now. Chris a- Godwin didn't have a choice because he's Brady. Wentz shows up, got a choice. Mark, I want you to have my cheese fries. Exactly. <laughs> Philly, Philly was coughing up cheese fries for Sanchez. What if, what you, if Wentz did you shows just up? a number with cheese fries? What if <laughs> yes. Wentz shows up with a backpack full of bricks? I don't know. I mean, honey buns, baby. What if he got the honey buns in I the bag? Yeah. I, I went back and forth on this this morning, and I'm like, I know I'm going to have to have an opinion on this. So, what is my opinion? My opinion is like, yes, if you're Pittman, you, you're going to say this is my number. This is how I show up and shine out. Your new quarterback's shown up. He asks you, just uh, kicking the tires, just kicking the tires on the number. No, I don't want to give it up. Oh, it's all right. I, I was going uh, to take another number anyway. I would look at it like this. So, so, so honestly, though, what if, what if somebody it, – it is about Wentz's resume. 
Otherwise, he'd cough the number up. Or is it, could you think like, okay, you're a second year Pittman, second two, three years? Second? Yeah, it'll be a second year coming up. All right. Here's your guy who's now Could've in charge of, like, yeah, essentially you the ball. feeding you. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, you want my number? Here it is. Cool. Yeah. Because what if T.Y. <laughs> Hilton goes, hey, you want 17? And Cuts is like, yeah, guess who's getting all the balls now? Right. T.Y. Hilton. Well, again, it's just like, who do you want to butter up? <laughs> right? You know, who's going to make sure that you've got the bread yourself? By the way... I'm not giving my number up unless that man his money. No, I know. <laughs> I hear you. You gotta. I gotta be taken I care. I hear of. you. I, of course. I, I. I wouldn't just cough it up now, either. If Brady comes. Different now, story. I give him. You know. Money. I don't think there's ever been any story about how much Brady did or what Brady did for Godwin. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And knowing Brady, knowing Brady, he definitely he probably took oh. care of him. Yeah. I can't remember where I read this, but somebody made a comment that like. It was meant to be like Godman just was like, here, take it, Tom. But somebody said that, no, nah, it was a little bit deeper than him just well, handing but, but the But the bottom number. line is. Was it a C note? He got it. You know. <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely, by the way, stuff that is 1,000% what you talk about on February 22nd in the NFL. Yeah. But cut to week three, you know. Pittman's like, I'm wide open. <laughs> Week three and T.Y. Hilton's got 40 yeah. catches yeah. on the season. Like, yeah. <laughs> right on Michael Pittman bobblehead night. <laughs> I'm wide open. I'm wide open. That's a record number of catches for T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Think about it. Put a, Tom Brady say, also got Chris Godwin a Super Bowl ring. Put a pin in that. <laughs> put a pin in that is all I'm saying. Let's take a break. Uh, if you're on hold, stand hold. We're going to take your phone calls after this conversation and sit back just like everybody else and enjoy it. Because it's awesome. Al Michaels and Jim Craig on the 41st anniversary of the Miracle on Ice together. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. If you're on hold, stay on hold and sit back and enjoy this conversation. Today uh, is the 41st anniversary of the famed Miracle on Ice when Team USA filled with a bunch of hungry amateurs beat the Russians it was, in fact, a miracle, as uh, our friend Al Michaels said, beating the Soviets back in the day, 41 years ago today in Lake Placid, New York. And to celebrate that, Al Michaels with the goalie, Jim Craig, together. This is an honor for here on the Rich Eisen Show on the 41st anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, the goalie who stopped 36 of 39 shots to beat the Soviets and the man who called the action uh, for the Olympics, Jim Craig and Al Michaels here together on the Rich Eisen Show. Happy anniversary, guys. Uh, 41 awesome. years, it's amazing. Incredible. Al, must make you like 47 years old. 
Uh, I was I was actually seven, and you were you were two. I was two. I, don't we you know, wish? You don't know. Wish. I think back to uh, when we did uh, the wrap up show that night, the Sunday night after the Finland game, and Jim McKay uh, brings me in and Ken Dryden, and he he said, "Do you think this will live on for a while?" And I didn't want to say for sure because uh, otherwise. You know, in case it didn't, that would look like a dope. But if he would have said 41 years later, people are still talking about this and exulting, uh, that was a miracle. Yeah, kind of crazy, right? So, I mean, let's, if you don't mind, just let's start um, our chat here about the day. Uh, Jim, what, what, what are your recollections about waking up that day and starting your day, knowing what the day could actually hold for you, Jim? Well, you know, in your life, you always look at opportunities that you're going to get, and you you want to make the most of them. I, I just remembered in preparation, my preparation was so different for that game uh, because we had played them in Madison Square Garden. I, I, I didn't play the whole game. I played some. It was a incredible as I look at it um, strategic thing that Herb did but for me to have played them before became so important to be be able to prepare for them for the second time right so you know I, I looked at it in all honesty that if you played one period against the Russians it was equivalent to a whole game against any other team and so I, I broke the game into three separate games of four or five minute periods. And so I could concentrate and be really laser focused and then broke the game into like, you can't let them score in the third period because that was the most important momentum wise. And so when I did that, the game moved along faster and it was easier to uh, prepare. And, you know, goalie's position is so different because you can't go out and be excited. You have to react to the game and and really try to control the momentum in in a very favorable way like if your team scores a goal you try not to give up a goal very quickly and momentum is such an important thing and we had that home crowd and it had been building and so for me it was really the excitement of having this opportunity that so many people had helped me uh, along the way that I was I was ready for it you know it was really fun for me I I, I, I kind of like those type moments. What about you, Al? Uh, when I woke up that morning, I thought, well, you know, this is a, a very exciting time. And uh, it's a very exciting situation where the U.S. was able to get to the medal round, have the opportunity to face the best team in the world. But frankly, I was very fearful uh, of the fact that the Soviets could blow the U.S. team out. And uh, it could be 4 nothing or 5 nothing at the end of the first period. And I know when Ken Dryden and I walked over to the arena, our hotel was only four or five blocks away. I think I said something along the lines of, if it's only 3-1 Soviets midway through the second period, that's not bad. So they scored first uh, midway through the first period. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, hold on. Don't let it be 2 3 4 nothing. And then uh, we get a, a, the tying goal, and then they go ahead again, two to one. 
And then Mark Johnson scores that goal with no time left at the end of the first period. So we now have more than we asked for. The amazing thing to me about that game is it developed. And it was so interesting listening. I haven't heard Jim talk in those terms, even, you know, 41 years later, listening to how he uh, broke that game down in his mind. Most important thing in that game was that Jim never allowed it to be a two goal game. Never. It was one, nothing Soviets. It was one, one. It was 2-1 Soviets, it was 2-2. It was 3-2 Soviets, and they dominated the second period. Uh, outshot the U.S. team something like 16-3. to And Jim made a number of saves, you know, standing on his head. And that kept the U.S. in the game and enabled the tying goal to be scored midway through the third. And then, of course, the Arruzioni goal. And then it just got crazy. I mean, the last 10 minutes were insane. The Soviets are skating these crazy shifts on and off the ice every 20 seconds, the crowd is going going wild, and it was a, it was a one-off. And again, you know, you, you look at what Jim did in that game. How many times do you win a game when the team is outshot 39 to 16? So that was that was nobody anticipated what took place. How often do you watch it, Jim? How often do you actually sit there and watch it back? Ever. You know, I, I, I think I've truly in 41 years now watched the full game maybe once. Wow. And, you know, um, the, the point is, you know, we all wanted to become in the National Hockey League. American players had never been really accepted in the National Hockey League. And so you couldn't go in there and be proud of what you had accomplished because to them you had accomplished nothing, right? And so you really could never, ever – relax and feel good about what you accomplished because you're, you always had another goal. And so as I've got older, I, you know, I, I really said, you know, my son is 32 years old. I said, you know, JD, we should just sit and watch this game. I should tell you about some of these things. And, you know, it, it, it's, we're getting just to that age, Rich, where we don't care. You know what I mean? It's like, that was cool. I can say that because now I'm, I'm like that. I'm a grandpa. You know what I mean? I can, I can say those things. Nobody's going to critique me for being happy. And, but it was never like that. So, you know, you never watch that because you always have a different goal in mind. Al, what about you? You know, I, a, a story I have to tell you, uh, this is the 41st anniversary is last year, you know, pre-pandemic, it's the actual 40th anniversary. And the Vegas Golden Knights invited the whole team to come back and be honored before the game at T-Mobile Arena. And the crowd is chanting, USA, USA. This is 40 years after the fact. And at least two-thirds of the people in that building weren't even born when this took place. But they knew the story. They had played a little video beforehand. And to me, one of the most astonishing things after they announced that the team, one by one, the guys came out, walking off the ice, you know, to get back uh, underneath the, the stands, they had to pass by the, the the Golden Knights bench. And none of these guys were born at that point. Uh, and a lot of those guys weren't even from the United States. But they were all, like, leaning over the boards and hugging the American kids. It was like the American team yeah. down in their 60s. I'm going, it's almost as if everybody in the NHL understood what this meant to hockey in this country. I've got Jim Craig and Al Michaels here together on the 41st anniversary of the Miracle on Ice uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Jim, what what did Herb Brooks say to you? Obviously, we've seen the movie Miracle and that remarkable speech that Kurt Russell uh, playing Herb gave to the team about moments. 
that's a you know top-notch moment in, in in sports movie history but what what did herb say to you guys before taking the ice um in the medal round against the russians you know it's it's really interesting in 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 the work I do now, which is motivational speaking, I always tell people something I learned from Herb that was really, really important. And, and that was time management, right? And, you know, everybody thinks priorities, everything else, but the most important thing in time management is knowing how much time you have, because that drives all strategies, right? You, you, you can't, you don't know how to create a strategy unless you know how much time you have, right? And so Herb Brooks trained us and treated us the way he did because he only had six months, right? But when it came that night, he was our confidence. He absolutely believed in us. He absolutely loved us. Each of us individually, um, he knew how to take us to this different level. Um, he had recruited us specifically. And, you know, I, you know, when I wrote my book, We Win, one of the things in the studying of Herb that really became so apparent to me was when he said, you're not looking for the best players, you're looking for the right players, what he meant is players that as a leader you can coach and players as leaders that you can get them to go to some place that they don't even know is possible without your help, right? And that's what great mentors do. So what Herb Brooks was able to do was to take each and every one of us and get us to that spot that we were prepared and he was proud and he was our confidence. So for me, it, it was different than it was for Mark Johnson, than it was for Mark Wells, than it was for Jack O'Callaghan, but it was the same because he had brought us to believe in a level. Like a lot of people want to tell, a lot of leaders want to tell people how to think instead of making people think. And, and Herb Brooks just had this ability to reach into your soul and see something that you, he was not going to let you get away with not getting to. Was, and, he, and he took on that responsibility. And, and so to me, the greatest thing about Herb was that he, he realized what our potential was and he treated us all differently to get there. And then when we got there, he became our confidence and protector and uh, if you have, want to have a real uh, thing, watch the game against Czech when Mark Johnson gets run by the Czech and he tells him he'll take that coho and stuff it right down. You know, and I can't even say the words, right? But, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a special man, a really special man. Al, what are your recollections of him? I mean, what, was, he, was he tough to deal with from your perspective or, or what was it? from your end with Herb Brooks, Al? I think it was very tough for the press, but for me, it was very simple. And for that, I can thank Ken Dryden, because Ken, of course, had won the Stanley Cup multiple times, the Vezina Trophy in Montreal, and he had retired. And of course, Ken is unbelievably bright and uh, you know maybe the most book smart athlete I've ever been, maybe the most book smart person I've ever uh, encountered in my life. And so Herb had this affinity, you know, with, with Ken, and he wanted to pick Ken's brain. So as, yeah. as a consequence, on every off night, Brooks would come over to our hotel to have a, a couple of beers, you know, and we'd have him for an hour. So we had the access to Brooks 
that nobody else had, thanks to Ken Dryden. But Brooks was as interested in what Kenny had to say as we were in trying to figure out, you know, what we could glean from what Herb had to say. He was a, a fascinating man listening to, you know, Jim talking about him. I can see exactly what he did. Uh, it all worked out perfectly. And, you know, just a, another quick story in, in 2000, Sports Illustrated brought all the great athletes from the 20th century into Madison Square Garden for a, for a show on CBS. And uh, they had the, the top 10 greatest sports moments in the 20th century. And this, of course, was number one. And they asked me to introduce it. And the team and Herb comes out. And the team gets the 14,000 people in the garden that night. Place goes crazy. So now we're walking down a little staircase to go behind the stage. And I'm walking next to Herb. And Herb says, how could they vote that number one? And I said, Herb, won't you ever understand? Please enjoy what you enjoy what happened. It's the greatest moment of the 20th century in sports, certainly in North America. So it was almost as if there was a part of Herb that just couldn't accept how fantastic this was to everybody else. You know, he was a coach through it. Look, he could have been the king of America a, a, a week after the Olympics. What's he doing? He goes to Switzerland to coach a club team. He was a hockey coach. I love that stuff, man. I mean, that's just, uh, Jim, is there is there a story that people don't know about this? Because, again, it's 41 years. Al's, you know, mentioned again, it was a, a, the number one sports moment of an entire sports century. Um, my kids are 12, 10, and 7. They know the story because I made sure that at the very least they saw the movie Miracle. And then, of course, we start, we went to YouTube and showed them moments of, you know, you and, you know, your dad, obviously, and we showed them these moments and I get emotional just thinking about, I, I get, I, I tear up. I literally tear up because of what it meant to me in 1980, what it means to me now. Is there a story, a story that that's never been told or do we know everything about this? Jim? Well, you know, you and the kids look at the movie and they see that I didn't take the test that, you know, Disney asked me for some political uh, license there. Okay. What really happened, the herb was so bright that after my mother had passed away, that he had me live with a team doctor because I needed family, right? What I didn't know is that he checked in with a team doctor almost every single night. And when we got that Briggs-Meyer or DISC type of assessment test, I, you know, I was always planning to take that test, but I did what I did every night. I called home and called my dad. And that particular night, he was crying. He had just lost his job as a food service director to Amarok, and he, he didn't really know what to do. And so I had this aha moment that said, you know, how can I do my dreams when my family is in a situation that they need support? But my mother had made me make a promise that I would never turn pro uh, if I had a chance to represent our country. See, the kids today don't understand it. It wasn't so much about being just an Olympian. It was about representing your country, right? And the Olympian part was how you did it. But it was always about the flag and, and, and pride, you know, and that's that was my dad's generation. You know, that's what I grew up with. That's what I knew. Right. And so, you know, I, I thought if I didn't take this test that her Brooks would send me home, I wouldn't break my mother's promise. And it would be really kind of an easy thing to do. I would go because obviously we weren't going to win. And, 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 you know, this was just me being selfish. What I didn't know is her Brooks knew all about that. And 
the part that he loved best was about my character that if I was willing to give up being an Olympian to support my family, I was just the type of guy he wanted, right? And so here's what he said to me. He goes, can you do your job? I said, yeah, I can. He says, okay, I'm going to help you, dad. And he got a loan from my my family. Nobody knows that. And he, what he did is he got me at a, a comfort level so that I could go out and do what I wanted to do. If you look at Herb Brooks and you think of Warren Stralow, one of the greatest goalie coaches in the National Hockey League, right? Warren Stralow would never have been anything but a college goalie part-time coach without Herb Brooks. What Herb Brooks did is he saw a vision for Warren in that position. Now, everybody's got a goalie coach. It was nobody had a goalie coach. Then it was even a position. It wasn't a full-time job, right? So here's Herb raising Warren to a level that Warren couldn't get to. Craig Patrick becomes a general manager because of Herb Brooks. The players become these things because of Herb Brooks, right? And so he was a very unselfish man that was a teacher and a motivator. And if he didn't have chaos, he didn't know what to do because he did he needed that that was that was his kryptonite or you know what whatever you want to call it. That was what it was that he wanted to do and and he did it so well and when people said he wouldn't be able to adjust when he had the pros, he adjusted and the pros loved him. You know what I mean? And so uh, for me, he's been an incredible mentor. And so what he did that nobody knows about is he cared. He really cared about people. And why this last is because it was true and honest and not fabricated. The flag going over my shoulders wasn't some agent telling me how to do it. It was <laughs> an American bringing it to the stadium, they couldn't buy touched by a moment, right? And and so what we did and what we have is what America's all about, and that's why it lasts. That's amazing. Jim, you're amazing. Al, you too. I guess the last question I have here is clearly, you know, this game was played at 5 in the afternoon, um, and uh, America is another – part about it that's unbelievable uh that wouldn't really go down today is that it was held for america to see later on tape delayed uh, at what point jim did you and the uh, team hear the phrase do you believe in miracles when was the first time is there a story behind that potentially that you that actually came across you that that al's line that resonates still to this day today is one of the greatest lines in the history of sports broadcasting when did when did that ever reach you guys well, I just remember it's snowing in Lake Placid. Jim Lampley is taking my dad, uh, Mike Rizzo, and his dad. We're walking down. People are surrounding us. And I think Jim, Jim Lampley said, you know, L. Michael's calls of, do you believe in miracles? And, it, you know, it, was, it started there. But, you know, the greatest thing, Rich, is I'm now 60, almost four years old. Every day I learn the importance of what myself and my teammates were able to accomplish and how it affects people in such a positive way that that's the most refreshing thing. So people will ask me all the time, what's the greatest thing that ever happened to you from the Olympics? Well, when my mother died, so did my dad, right? Mm. But when those Olympics happened, 
my dad was reborn. You know, he was like the greatest gift there was. He was he was just a proud dad of a of a having a son who was able to be part of something that was bigger than ourselves. And so the gift is it it's something that I really feel that our team has taken as a responsibility to make sure that we are humble, respectful, and thankful for everybody who paved the way for us. And in our day, it was community, right? It was your town. It was your people who never made you feel bad if you didn't have any money or you needed to borrow something. It was getting rides from neighbors. It was, it was community, right? And, and that's what I truly think we represent. And, and, and that's important to me. And I know it's important to my teammates. And Rich, just to weigh in, I mean, you know, Jim talks about what it means 41 years later uh, to the people in this country. And I've said this a number of times, but it really resonates to me is that, you know, when if you're of a certain age, you remember Pearl Harbor. I mean, you have to be really old right now, but you remember Pearl Harbor. A lot of us remember, obviously, when John Kennedy was assassinated. We remember when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. We remember when the Challenger blew up. We remember Oklahoma City. Obviously, we remember we remember 9-11, and now we can all remember the insurrection at the Capitol. Think about all of those events, all those events that people remember. Every one of them is terrible, except Lake Placid. That resonates in a completely different manner. And it's beautiful. And you live to the moment, Al. I mean, and, and you've done so many great things. I've told you this uh, personally as well. The fact that you live to the moment like that and 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 you found the economy of words to nail it to. Um, it's quite something, Al. 41 years later. It was, it's almost like they had the script before it happened. You guys wrote the script. What I said came out of my heart. Yeah, Simple but you know, that. Al, the thing that's so amazing is Ken Dryden is so bright and a goalie sees the play going from and coming to. So you have a whole different perspective. And to listen to him talk and see how excited he was and a, a very unpartial, unbiased, just such a professional person. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how good it is. It's, it, 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 it it's it's just too good. You know what I mean? It is. And then, and then the amazing thing, too, is Kenny had never done this. It was the first time he'd gone into broadcasting. He had just retired. And I, I met him in Moscow. We, we went over to uh, scout a tournament in, in December of 79. We're sitting there having dinner. And Kenny is explaining to me in great detail the difference between National Hockey League hockey and international hockey. And he says to me at one point, do you think this is the type of thing the American audience will be interested in? And I said, Kenny, yes. But let me introduce you to the world of broadcasting. Can you get it down to eight seconds? Yeah. <laughs> and he but did. Even the call like, you know, the, the U.S. is appending too much of Jim Craig and the Rizzioni scores. I mean, he Perfect. was so – I mean, everything he did was the timing – of a, a person who had been there. You know what I mean? It was just fabulous. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I could say the same thing about this chat. Thank you so much, guys. It means so much to so many people. And I'm so thrilled that my that you allow me through my show to bring this to um, as many people as possible on such a special day. Yeah. Al Michaels, thank you. And Jim Craig, thank you. 
Yeah, Al, always love being, sharing some time. Two real yeah. professionals in your industry. It's it's really fun to be able to share a little bit of time. And, you know, it's just a happy moment. It's, it's fun to remember. Thanks for sharing it with me. And we'll, we'll, do, we'll do 42 next year. I'm signing you up right now. Okay, buddy. Thanks, yeah, Al. Look forward to it. That's uh, Al Michaels and Jim Craig here on The Rich Eisen Show. Wow. I mean. Well done, Rich. That was great. Awesome. How cool is that? Talking about his dad, talking about his dad, talking about how Herb Brooks gave him a loan. Never heard that one before. No. Gave his family a loan so he could just say, okay, my family's taken care of. But the fact that he was willing to pitch it all away so he could provide for his family instead of a coach saying, okay, you're putting family above the team. He's like, that's the guy I want. Let me remove the family issues from the equation so you can go do your job. Do you believe in miracles? I am getting goosebumps. Let's take a break. We'll finish up the show. Tons of phone calls. Want to talk about those movie lines. Some of that good stuff about uh, Miracle right in there as well in that conversation. Back in a second. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back on the Rich Eisen Show is one happy simulcast family with our radio audience. Want to let you know right here on Peacock, Rory McIlroy has teamed up with Peacock to bring you the all-new Golf Pass channel. Watch premier instruction and entertainment from the Golf Membership Program plus daily news from Golf Channel. Everybody sign up at PeacockTV.com right now and streaming it now. Go out there and hit them straight, best you can. All right, let's go to the uh, phone lines. Some folks have been hanging on for a while. Mike in Orlando, Florida. What's up, Mike? How are you? Hey, Rich. First off, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that week, yeah, week without you and DP, that was tough, I got to admit. <laughs> I, I was well, I think we're I, both actually, back right now. I, yeah, you're both back now. Great. Yeah, it was great. I actually, I actually had to work. I mean, what a, yeah, what a <laughs> novel idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, I uh, got a movie quote. See yes. if I can stump you guys. Okay. Look, it's not in my nature to be mysterious, but I can't talk about it, and I can't talk about why. Mm, anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? Oh, yeah. You got nothing? Striking what do you got for us, Mike? What is it? Which one? Ocean's Twelve. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a that one's a that's that deep. one's that's deep. That's, deep. that's a deep that's cut. Deep. That's, that's a deep cut. Get him the but thanks. We're, we're glad that uh, Dan and I are back, so you can. Uh, no longer be productive at work? Is that what I should, is that I what I should say? That's how you infer yeah, that. Uh, back in Orlando. Uh, Clint in Orlando, Florida. Is this uh, Eastwood, Clint? Uh, no, actually, no. I was named after Clint Walker. Very good. Ooh. I got gotcha. you. Going way back, way back. What's in your mind, Clint? Uh, okay, Rich. Uh, 
I'm going to make you a special project of mine. Mm. Anybody got one of those there? Cool Hand Luke? Cool Hand Luke? No, you were just talking about it. No Country for Old Men. Okay. Very good. Yes, Clint. You got time for one more? Yeah, sure. Go for it, Clint. Don't get off the boat, man. Never get off the boat. Oh, oh pack up snail. Yeah, there you Dump. go. Ding, ding. Very good. Go. <laughs> That's my guy. Far. Yeah. There you go. The dude abide. There you go. Thank you very much. I actually have well that. Done. I have a script signed by him saying that to me. Is that right? Yeah, oh. that's one of my favorite lines. I love that line. What do you mean saying it to you? See, to Mike, and he goes, oh, never get I out see, of the I see what you say. See, that's... He worked on a... I know. I'm I sorry. love the way he talks. More meat on the bones, Mike. Yeah. But that... You, so, to Mike... To Mike, he says, never get out never, of the boat. There you go. Very good. <laughs> uh, Mark in Virginia. What's up, Mark? <laughs> hey, Rich. How you doing? Awesome show, as usual. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Uh, got, got a good uh, quote for you. Okay. All right. Walk. Hell, I'll race your ass. Mm, days of Thunder. That's it. Very good. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Very good. Oh. Don Bowie got in my ear. That wasn't me. Yeah. But thank you. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. Oh, I was going to. All right. You just. You just quick trigger finger. Quick trigger. You put him off the boat pretty damn fast. <laughs> Never get out of the boat. See, I mean, like, there, there are some deep cuts here. Oh yeah, you go. I got. You can but go. The whole really, idea is, don't give them up because fans, you're doing this no, tomorrow. I, I mean, I got. I, I got two already. But that the idea is, fans of the movie will yeah, know. Again, you gotta right. know. They're random lines that, fan. that fans of the movie will instantly know. Like me, I can pick Jaws, and there's like probably ten lines that I love. Right. That but you, you guys might not know. Okay. But a fan would know. Like well, a, I consider myself a fan. No, fan you, of you are. A, you need I'm a restraining a, order for the film. Actually, for yeah, I've seen it. Like Spielberg would be I'm afraid already, of you. It's I've already. I think three this year, mm-hmm. three times. Last year I saw it at least with, with like COVID and like the quarantine. I was up to like thirty okay. or forty. So you're. So the order it's is nice. you yep. tomorrow. Yep. Then Brockman Wednesday. Yep. TJ, you're Thursday. Holler. And then Susie, when she does the show Friday, we'll we'll do it. Wrap it up. And well. Susie texted me. She gave me a little, what? Little sneak peek of who she's got booked. Uh, so, you know. Better, oh. better, better than me. I'm sure. <laughs> she takes it very seriously. Yeah. Steve Kerr is booked. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and she's special for you, Doc Rivers. That's what she told uh, me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you can ask. You can ask Doc. Hey, Rick. Speaking of basketball, yes, sir. I'd like to say happy birthday. To my all-time favorite basketball player, I've only idolized two athletes in my entire life. Okay, Michael One Jordan. Is, we, uh, no. we saw you. We saw you put that. Not f- idolized. I really liked him. Week. It was not idolized. Okay. Muhammad Ali. Yes. And today's birthday guy, right behind me, Doctor J. Julius, the Doctor yeah. Irving. I believe Doctor J. Oh, look at that photograph. Oh, of hey. You. That was from uh, JFK. We're at the airport. This is probably like. 2005 and as Brockman brought up Wilmer Valderrama earlier we were flying from New York to LA and he goes dude turn around and I turned and Dr. J was there and I'd never met Dr. J and I instantly turned into one of those 16 year old girls that saw the Beatles for the first time that's great that's great that's great as you know I wholeheartedly uh, uh, approve that message and I do believe Dr. J celebrated his birthday today by uh Putting together a PSA to get the COVID nineteen vaccination. Oh, nice! The great man. Happy That's birthday, Doc! Happy birthday, Doc! I want to thank Adam Schefter and Jim Craig and Al Michaels and you. We're back, people. 
We're back on tomorrow's show. Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, and more. Back for Peacock in a second.